green tea. Green tea or a green green tea. Oh no, that's fine. Tell us So we're not talking like Gandhi green tea. That will make you chill in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get nothing to do. Does it help you, like, come into the more the illusion of the understanding of knowing what stance is? And do you think when we say what we believe ourselves to be, that is more of like the ego than what ourselves are? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's got to be, hasn't it? Because isn't that what the ego is? Is your understanding of your, you know, that the, the, the image that you give to your own identity? Yeah. by definition, but like, as for psychedelics, help you understand, I don't know, kind of, more, gives you more to understand, so, so help might not be the right one. So, I think it's extra information to focus on, and you don't really have the resources to evaluate them and, or interpret the experiences in those areas. Uh, well, you just, you realise that there's a difference state of being and your mind can do things that you never realised, you know, and I think if you start to be introspective on psychedelics, it can open up all these doorways, areas that you may not have otherwise thought of, so it may not be helpful, but it it, it certainly helps kind of, well yeah, it it is, it, it complicates it. Uh, in some ways, I think, because it gives you more to think about and, and from a completely new perspective, but that complication isn't necessarily a negative thing, mm. you know, because you, you, it gives you a greater depth of understanding, you know, um, a different a different perspective of, you know, how to look at that and how to analyse yourself and, you know, you can probably see things in yourself that you wouldn't have otherwise seen and gone, actually, no, I'm... You know, I've always thought a bit of negative things about me, and I can yeah. introspect and go, actually, no, maybe that's not necessarily the case, or maybe that doesn't even necessarily matter. You know, like if you, the idea of the the subject breaking down ego, um, it's kind of like breaking all the Lego bricks apart and then putting them together back together again. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's so kind of like new Lego bricks then as well. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe the Lego, Lego bricks that were that you lost. It's kind of like. Um, as we grow older, we've had like, if, if our life is a metaphor of like a puzzle, mm. we mistake ourselves of being a certain puzzle, but also other people have pushed puzzle pieces into that puzzle, uh, and they haven't fit, they never fit there, they never ever did, but they've got a hammer and like smashed it in there, tried to really get it in there, mm. and it's just looking up, it doesn't look like a puzzle. Yeah. It's a square box as well, the puzzle thing in it's a square. Yeah, and I guess, yeah, everyone has missing pieces in their puzzle boxes, and they might like <laughs> look at something that looks like it might fit, but it actually won't fit, and it's the wrong method for that person. Mm. I think, yeah, 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 yeah psychedelics kind of like uh, shatter the puzzle into trillions and billions of pieces, <laughs> and, um, but then who puts it back together? saying before how some people use them and, and how it changed their life around and hear about them and others like just use them and carry on being who they were before. It's the fundamental of it is down to us for yeah. us to put them back together. Because it does put it back together tight, kind of puts it back together when you come back into this reality. <coughs> and this reality, like how we were talking about before, my mind's getting so many ideas while I'm talking about yeah. it. Like, 
like four of like us men being fiends that don't die. Mm-hmm. But we, we're, we're only like introduced to death because it's a collective belief. Oh, you know what I mean? Okay. And we grow, we grow older because we've kind so of... So death is like a social construct. Yeah, so this, this, I was introducing um, Billy to um, the author of Robert Anton Wilson, and it was one of his philosophies that um, we only die because we believe we're going to die. And we, you know, through like essentially mentally manifest that. And, oh. you know, keep telling ourselves because socially it's, it's a given, or it's a, a believed as a given that we're going to die. That then, yeah. you know, we mentally tell our body that, and therefore, you know, that. Cells don't regenerate, or we grow um, old, or we get wrinkles, and you know and that that was that was that that's, 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 that's immortality that you're talking about. Then. Well, that was that was yeah, that was Wilson's Wilson yeah. theory. But could you could you imagine ever reversing that belief in yourself? That would be a really difficult thing to overcome and to you know because so it's the fear of death, is it? Not necessarily fear of fear of death. I believe that death doesn't have to occur. You know that um through training the mind and convincing the mind um, that you don't have to age. Because aging comes from, you know, like the degradation of... The collagen. The, the, yeah, collagen and the ends of yeah. the, the DNA kind of breaking <coughs> off and things. I'm, I'm not a biologist, I don't really know what I'm talking about fully, but you, you know what I mean? The, 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 the cells kind of, your skin not regenerating or whatever, and... and um, and your immune system getting weaker as you grow up. Yeah, and, and all these things with joints and, and things and you know, what he was saying was if you focused on this idea that that doesn't have to happen, that you know, that that's not a part of life, that it wouldn't happen. That, that would be so difficult to yeah. to go. Absolutely. Absolutely. To just go on. in the mind, don't you? Yeah. As a man thinker. So if you think it's gonna be difficult then it will be difficult. Obviously it's because of like yeah the, the, all the, the evidence around us that things do that yeah, yeah. and whatever that dying means everybody thought it's what it is mm-hmm. and like, like you're here and then you're not here because it's not even social yeah. is it it's not even just from mankind yeah. we will still see animals dying we will still see plants dying exactly. so to then you know train ourselves to fully believe that yeah. that man is set, can be separate from that and can uh, rise above that that is and yeah. the force of the mind and the consciousness behind it all that I am <coughs> of what we currently are. Yeah. I don't know, I think I keep stepping around um, it sounds like a superiority complex, you know, like people different from animals. And we we have we have like access to high cognitive functions in our brains, like we have a more evolved brain. And we
and that could be linked to that whole idea of your life flashing between your eyes and, look and, and that sort of thing. And um, I think having experienced DMT, um, there's always uh, an element of fear in a DMT trip, I think. You yeah. know, well, for me, I can only speak for myself, but uh, you know, you come out the other side and you can see how beautiful that experience was mm. and the fear of even being part of that, you know, that can kind of put you at ease with the idea of death and going, actually, you know, it isn't anything to... If, 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 if the fear is right and that is really what happens when you die, gosh, what am I scared of? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I'm not running, running to, like, get there. <laughs> I'm not about to... <laughs> jump in front of a train just yeah. to experience that because that's you I'm you, not scared <laughs> you know the idea of, the idea of getting you know getting there incidentally you know is um is not as fearful it's not as mm-hmm. it's not as concerning as it, it could be you know and otherwise I think certainly my DMT experiences has helped with that because uh, DMT is hard to fight against isn't it like you can't really but you have to really it's control. Very emotive, yeah. yeah, you do, you do. There's no, there's no, then you've got a choice in that yeah. <laughs> No choice whatsoever. Once you take that ayahuasca, you just, you have to see it for the rest. Ayahuasca is a little bit different, because although it is DMT that's yeah. doing the work, um, I think because of the uh, monomantic oxidized inhibitor and how the experiences kind of spread out over hours rather than condensed into that like 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. There is an element of control, there is an element of, you know, oh, I need to go to the bathroom, so I'll get up and go walk through the kitchen. Yeah. And you, you know, you, you can do what you need to do. Um, you know, it's not, you can pull yourself out and then slip back in through the medita- meditative state of mind and through relax- relaxing, relaxing. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so I'd, I'd say absolutely if we're talking about crystal DMT being smoked, mm. you've got no hope in that. <laughs> controlling that, you know. But I think with ayahuasca, you a little bit more control, a little bit oh. more able to to say, okay, I need to I need to do this. And oh yeah, you mentioned before because like you're measuring how much you're taking as well. Yeah, most people usually take it in small incremental doses. Oh. So you can kind of gauge um, what your stomach is telling you, what your mind is telling you. So, um, so yeah, you can. But even then, even say if you did do a quite a strong dose, yeah. you could have a very immersive part of it where you um, really get in all that experience that you've been looking for. But then you might go, oh, actually, I need a wee wee. Mm. You can pull yourself a Where 
I actually convinced myself that that by drinking the brew, I'd actually killed myself, <laughs> and that what I was experiencing was death, and that you know that oh there's poison in those plants, and you've just killed yourself, oh, and yeah. now this is you, this is this is you, basically in a in a dead or half dead state, and that's yeah. what you know, and that's what I convinced myself, and I thought well, it actually feels alright here, it's not you know. But you felt like you were dying, and you were like. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you, you kind of feel you're so much in your mind that you don't. Yeah, like there were there were experiences that I felt a little bit omnipotent, not <laughs> saying like you know I thought I was God or anything, but I felt like I, you know, I wasn't um, chained to this physical yeah. vessel. Attached. Yeah, that there was. You know, so the the state of the body at that time really was insignificant to me, because my mind and soul or whatever you want to kind of deem it was was off floating around the room, and you know my 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 body was still still there. I could still see through these eyes. So you had an out of body through. Absolutely, but you can I could still see through these eyes that are attached to this body, but. So those are the connections, so the good time they connected you and the body. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it felt like my consciousness wasn't coming from here anymore. Oh, it was yeah. coming from there. Yeah, I hear that. You know what I mean? It was definitely. Um but I could I could still see, I could still see and I could see my knees and I could see the room from the same place. Wasn't that I could now suddenly see behind the T V because yeah. my soul's up here. Because that soul or spirit isn't attached to those eyes anymore, right? You know, yeah. or if it is, it's by a very thin thread. You the know, thin thread. yeah, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it. It didn't feel like a thread. It just uh, felt like my what is what I'm normally used to. You know, my thoughts being here and coming yeah. from here were now coming from up there, and I felt like like a gas. Uh, <laughs> That I kind of thought, oh, that's cool, I'm gonna do it. Oh, I'm getting my back in my body now. <laughs> like, like, get back in. Oh, I'm not dead. I'm not dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's cool. Oh, that's good to know I'm not really dead. And I really just poisoned myself. And, you know, yeah. I guess you had the fear that what if you stay that way forever? Yeah, yeah. People like Samsonis. Yeah, don't. Oh, you couldn't, you couldn't yeah. get away like that, no. By, uh, I don't know, have you ever heard of that happening to anyone? No, no. I haven't researched it, but I think that would be my fear if I ever experienced like that detachment. <clears throat> They're not being able to get yeah. yeah, yeah. So like you were born with the body, like you're still, like you've lived your entire life with that thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a possibility that that could have been there, that could be, yeah. you know, that, that maybe if I'd have gone, I might get back in my body, and eventually my body's going to waste away because I've not fed it. You know what I mean? And because some of consciousness is off floating doing other things. Minding its own business. You know, that, that, it, it, essentially what could have been happening is that halfway point between death, but we don't know. Don't, these are not things that are measurable like they with cameras and rulers and in that positivist kind of um, way that um, kind of science um, demands. Um, so it's out of beyond the realm of science. Um, they are the, it's beyond the realm of science at 
this point in time. Yeah. You know, there's nothing saying that as we progress as mankind that we couldn't find a way of measuring or documenting. You know what I mean? You don't know, man. Who'd have thought 20 years ago you could have a computer in your pocket? You know what I mean? So, you don't know. That's how it works. It's exponential growth. Technology is just like, it's evolving very fast. Yeah. Like, probably like, like have you seen, what's this, not even AI, like, what are they called? Google Glasses? No, it's, they're doing it with Google and Google. Yeah, like the augmented reality. Yes, yes, it's a form of that, but it's different. It's called, what's it called? Oculus. So like your like the show it's just like an immersed three D environment taking yeah. that you're immersing. Yeah, I need them, I need them, it's crazy. I mean like the whole version of this. Like as if 
um, everything was like fragmented. Okay. You know, like made it a little, like you know, like a crystal that's got all the different um, vibes. Same, same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, and everything kind of takes on that kind of form, you know, like. So and then. Do you feel that texture as well? Like, say, so if there's something that looks like that. I don't think I've tried one. Uh, I don't think I've tried. But also, I don't know, it's almost like, for me, it happens like, it's the a distance feeling that's like that. So you look around and things like that. Okay. And then, like, but you can look at your hands and your hands look all right, because they're more close, I don't know, it's like weird. But, um, but then other times it's been different as well, you know what I mean? Maybe yeah. depending on the dosage or... Um, I can't say I'm that much of an expert on crystal DMT. Because um, I've not done that as much as yeah. the ayahuasca, um, but the ayahuasca is like a little bit different. Um, yeah, I was, I was just wondering, like, are there like any themes that seem to repeat themselves in the experiences of like a lot of people? Like most people meet, or I think that most people meet like um, beans. Yeah. On mushroom trips. Yeah, I can't say I've had that with mushrooms. I think you're so unique, isn't it? Like, it's unique to individual and unique to the drug and unique to the time that you're doing it and how you feel at the time. And the set, yeah, exactly. And even the lighting will change it and, you know, that sort of thing. There's a certain flavour, I think. Do you think that really like to different psychedelics? Even so, they have like, there's a flavour you can kind of go, yeah, that, I, I know that's acids. Mm. Oh, I know, yeah, this is definitely mushrooms, or, you know, and there's a different flavour to ayahuasca than there is to DMT, even though essentially it's the same chemical compound yeah. that are having the effect on your body, there's a different flavour to it, there's a different flavour to the, the visual experience, and you don't always get visual experiences, do you, with, with psychedelics, you know, um, sometimes you'll just get that little kind of aura on things, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, so everything has like a couple of lines, so, yeah. and that might be all you get. And then other times you might have a full blown like animated bloody circus yeah. in front of you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, like, I think it's best for culture, right? You know, that's where it's all at. Yeah. <laughs> but are they different uh, hallucinations or experiences? Visually, they're a lot more vivid and more depth and powerful and beautiful. Mm. I feel like you're wasting it if you open your eyes and you're looking around. For your first time, it's alright. Because yeah. it's new to you and you're like, oh wow, this is so beautiful and pretty. But like, if you want to go in deep, you just keep your eyes closed. You're in a pitch black room, no music, nothing. Because mm-hmm. yeah. uh, some people feel they need to like, go somewhere visually stimulating, like in a park or the forest. The forest. Yeah. yeah, something like that. Yeah, nature's always always good for psychedelics because it's just got the right kind of you always feel good in nature don't you yeah. you know mm-hmm. and that's what you do. the setting setting is, is ideal unless you've got loads of dog walkers that are going to be interrupting you on the
And he goes and creeps himself in the bush and makes his clothes. And Voice did a thing on it as well. Um, what's that guy's name? Voice. Um, Um, so yeah, that's um, that's kind of what we do. Our main kind of 
really psychedelic society, the main three yeah. things we're about is educate, research, campaign. You know, yeah. we we come together because we feel that the current legislation um, on around psychedelic drugs is is dangerous. Um, it's nonsensical. Yeah. Um, it's not based in scientific fact. It's not based the the, the drug classifications are not based on potential harm. Um, you know, um, and if they were, then alcohol and tobacco will be like class A. You know, they're not. You look at um, you know Professor Nutt's harm scale of different drugs, and, and psychedelics are quite low on that spectrum. Um, yeah. And and he had I think seven different markers of harm that he looked at, from um, social harm, um, physical health, mental health. Um, I can't remember all of them, yeah. but he was looking at various different things that could be impacted um, and then amalgamated all that data together and came out with a scale and right at the top there you've got alcohol yeah. and, and, yeah. and tobacco and things like um, GHBs from yeah. I think and, and, uh, and then down here you've got right down the other end you've got magic mushrooms <laughs> and like LSD and stuff. So uh, what's, it, what's it there for them then? Like the stigma, the, the laws. The laws yeah. It's hard to say, you know, without speculating. I couldn't yeah. say with any certainty. I think probably fear of the unknown. Um, the fear of everyone having an experience that changes. Yeah. It kind of, it kind of changes the whole paradigm, and it yeah. it enables the individual to expand their consciousness and look out of the whole bullshit alternate reality that's been fed this whole time. Yeah. And that's that scares the mass. That scares the, the individuals who are trying to keep a, a closed door right and to make it taboo, like mm. depression is taboo. And it's like these subjects, like, why the fuck are you making depression? Yeah, like, that's because like, like weirdness is like, no one wants to see with people. Mm-hmm. Crazy, yeah. as well yeah. as these drugs, like, you have to be careful and not just like be excited about them and go straight in. You've got to research and know that these are really powerful healing tools. Yeah. Like, but it's hard because. Attracting, making these sorts of things can help a lot with an individual who wants to help themselves and learn more about it, to do it safely, safely and stuff. But there are other people who are using them for like, escapism. Yeah. So it's, it's a really difficult field. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. There's, you know, you can use psychedelics for self-healing, you can use them as a spiritual tool, and you can just use them for fun. And I don't think there's anything wrong with just using them for fun. As long as you know what you're doing, as long as you treat them with respect, as long yeah. as you know your doses, you know your limits, you know the people that you 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 with, and you, you know you feel comfortable and safe. There's no wrong, there's no harm in yeah. you know having a laugh with them and having fun with them yeah. because you know some things can be ridiculously funny. <laughs> that it would normally be actually quite you know mundane or. You know, but that's not really that accessible. No, no. AWAS is certainly not something you do for fun, no. It's because there's a lot of cultural um, baggage that comes with AWAS as well that deserves respect, deserves absolute respect. Did you have to write about that in your research? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, Because, you know, I'd be wrong to not pay dues to where it's come from um, and um, why why the the shaman and the Amazon use it. And they don't use it for fun, they do use it for divination, they do use it for healing. Um, and, you know, that, that's not to say that, you know, people in the UK haven't just brought the ingredients and brewed it up at home and just done it yeah. for experimental purposes. But I don't think it lends itself um, to being a fun drug 
Was that what was happening? No, no, 
I've just seen that that was the fear of what might oh, happen. Yeah. You know, that, oh gosh, look at all the young people now yeah. taking drugs and enjoying themselves in fields. Oh my God, you know, they're, they're not going to not gonna become our next car manufacturers or they're not going to become our next, you know, um, nuclear weapons manufacturers. <laughs> or, you know what I mean? That's to take quite a cynical view of it. But, um, you know, the, the, how will society work if all the young people just drop out and don't do anything, you know? And I think it was a fear, it was a fear. And, and I think, you know... It was part of an irrational fear. Yeah, well. yeah. And and at that time, our relationship with psychedelics, I mean, there's, you can you can argue that um, at least white Western relationship with psychedelics was, was young and new and, and we were childlike in our relationship with them. And, you know, we've moved on and we've grown and we've learned how to become more responsible with that use. And we've learned actually, you know, you can function perfectly well in society and hold down a job and do perfectly well in your career and still be a psychedelic user, you know, and I'd like to think I'm a testimony to that, you know, um, being on a PhD course and having a, a job in a university and, you know, being a contributing member of society, doing charity work and things like that. And, and um, you know, so I think both, both the government and the users back in the 60s, we were, had a naive, a childlike reaction yeah. to them, but both different ways, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so, so the government didn't see the hidden potential of the... Obviously not, they just saw the yeah. shit people, yeah. like, look at them, monging out in Excuse that term, that's not a nice term, but you know, look at those guys dribbling or smoking pot, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. Get the West. Exactly, it was a threat. People are always scared of what they don't know. That's, that's the heart of racism, isn't it? It's like it's the heart of all ignorance, you know. And and, and people people fear what they don't understand. So I think as much as I don't like it, I don't like the legislation. It was inevitable. Um, but I think we're also at a stage of history now um, that that we can overcome that. We we can show yeah. that actually we've matured and our attitude and understanding. Um, towards psychedelics is matured and we can see that you know in terms of toxicity it, they're not dangerous you know in in terms of kind of people ruining their lives for them it doesn't happen you yeah. know and 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 very very rarely happens and and people oh you know well, you get people that are addicted to cannabis yeah. you get people that are addicted to alcohol you get people that are addicted to speeding down the motorway mm. you're not going to ban cars you get you know cars kill people every yeah. single day yeah, yeah, yeah. they don't ban cars you know something they don't kill people yeah. you know yeah i think things are changing though i think people are think getting so. more information out, especially because of the internet as well yeah and because the shamans like you guys you know coming to these societies where it's not really as common yeah, yeah. and I, I see like um like therapeutic centers that should open up, like you know how they have like leisure centers or yeah. whatever like that. It should be like that in the future, like you should be able to. I'm so glad you mentioned that. Yeah. So because that yeah. happens to be one of the projects that so yeah. started having in mind. We're actually, yeah. um, when we're in a position, when we're actually forming an organization, we're in a position to put in some funding, what we want to do is set up um, like a, a, a phone helpline for people. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you've got things like Frank, talk to Frank, and who. <coughs> Frank. You know that Frank is run by a group of people. I mean, it's a very, uh, I don't want to dismiss the service completely, but mm. primarily um, operate by people 
that haven't had the real yeah, life yeah, experience. Yeah, yeah. And that would be the difference with us, that we will have people on the phone that aren't going to judge, that aren't going to criticise, that aren't going to tell you what you should do and what you shouldn't do. But we'll be there to talk you through if you've had a bad trip and you're scared oh. or, you know what I mean, you can give us a call and say, I had a really bad trip last night and I'm worried and you can help chat and kind of help that person unpick that experience. But coming from people who have genuinely experienced these drugs that, are, you know, that are not against them, that are not, that don't have that, you know, that, so that the, the person at the other end of the phone can actually trust us and actually yeah. trust that we really do know what we're talking about. Um, so that's one of the, the big ambitions that we've got at the moment. Well, when I said it's a small ambition that we've got at the moment, we want to grow past yeah. that, but it's one of the first first things that we want to get off the ground once we're a formal organisation is that kind of that helpline and also letting people know what um, what what drugs you can mix and what you can't mix, and oh, yeah. uh, you know, because what you know is it sensible to get get drunk first and then drop a trip well. Sure. I mean, I 
I think that if you are, if you're depressed, you should get some antidepressant pills. For for some people, they actually respond to that and it actually helps them. But I don't really, I don't really agree with the use of just relying on like medicine and treating yeah. health disorders. Yeah. I think I think I think if you need that help and you need, I mean, I'm someone that has taken antidepressants in the past, and I, I went for a long, long time completely anti-psychiatry, anti-pharmaceuticals, and and um, believed that there was a natural cure for everything in the world, and and I got diagnosed with diabetes, and when you're in a position like that, and you go actually, you know, there is no there is no natural treatment for this mm. that we know of at this time and I now have to live a life um, with, with uh, pharmaceutical med medication. You, I was forced without choice yeah. to reconsider my position and, you know, we, it, it, with you know, psychiatric issues, um, there is that kind of, you know, well, this psychiatric condition actually makes me who I am, and it's yeah. like, you know, like you say, people with bipolar actually really enjoy that high phase, you know, and that, oh, okay. that um, the, the... So the people that don't seek help or see themselves as having a condition Having that, a condition, yeah, yeah. Or, or seeing that condition as like a superpower, oh, okay. you know, makes a difference, you know what I mean? Like, and I'm not, I'm not saying that's not the case, but, you know, if you're someone that's severely depressed and you're thinking about suicide on a daily basis, then, you know, rather than picking up, you know, some, some pill for, for an overdose or, you know, um, a blade to, like, slice your wrist or something, I don't think there's any shame or any harm in going to GP and getting yourself some antidepressants yeah. because they certainly helped me through a period of my life that was very, very difficult to get off, very, very difficult to wean yourself off, and you really do have to take it slowly coming off of them because you crash and you get head pains and things like that, and I think that's one of the things that makes people um, kind of fearful of them and reluctant, yeah, because they are addictive. But sometimes some people do just have to press pause on their emotions and just go, right, I can't deal. I know my state of mind is because of my situation, but while I'm in this state of mind, I can't change my situation. Yeah. And those, those pills can just help you press pause deal with what you've got to do, deal with, change what you need to change, so that you then come out the other side a little bit more level, um, otherwise you can just spiral. So I'm not, absolutely not anti-psychiatry in, in the slightest, but I think Billy's got a point, you know, that there is a tendency to over-medicate, it's very yeah. easy for a, G, a GP to have 10 minutes with someone, if that, and so they haven't got time to sit and pick apart what's really going on with you. It is easy for them to just go, here's the script, off you go. And, and counselling, talking therapy, things like that. There's massive waiting lists. Um, it's very hard to get onto. Um, and you know, people have um, very different experiences. That counselling essentially, a counsellor cannot tell you what to do. Cannot. All you, all they can do is listen. There's a limited yeah. amount of effect that that's going to have on someone. They're, they're there to help you or help yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and and just to be a listening ear. Yeah. You know, and, and and sometimes that is all you need. Sometimes you just need to be able to vent what's going on, not with your friends, 
not with your family because that makes you a Dana or whatever or you know you're not used to opening up to these people and you just go and use that council as like an emotional dumping ground do you know what I mean and, and so it has an effect on some people but it's limited and the same you know and then you can go up the scale up to CBT and then up to all the different therapies they can be limited you know and their effect can be limited depending on the individual and, and their commitments to yeah. And 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 they're expensive. They're yeah. expensive treatments and you know, there's only a limited amount of therapies that can deliver it and the waiting is a huge you know what I mean? And that's that's a real problem with, with psychiatry psych psychiatry in the UK I think is that it def it's very, very difficult to get that non medicinal support yeah. and treatment that you need. So you get busy just to give um subscribe to patient. Absolutely, here's some surgery or here's mm. some and they usually just treat the symptoms, they don't want to actually treat the root of the problem. Absolutely, because it might be that, you know, you've got a particular way of thinking about things that mm. creates an effect in people you interact with, that then creates an effect on you, you know what I mean? And, and, and so you could be the cause of your own issues, yeah. but you, you, you're the only constant yeah. in, in all your issues, aren't you? So yeah. that, that's the karma you were talking about before, wasn't it? Maybe, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you know, if you go through your life and you keep having shit happening to you, you keep skipping jobs and going here and there, you're the only constant in all that situation. You know, the whole world can't be made up of cunts, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's just not very, you know. It's not Thank you. But so, you know, you need to kind of introspect and you're only going to get that through really good therapy. You're not mm. going to get that introspection really through um, medication like that can get it with psychedelics, you know, you can go into an introspective state with, with some psychedelics. Um, but I think, yeah, it's um, the, the figuring out the circumstances and the, I've got, yeah. you know, I think it's a brave thing to go on to antidepressants. There have been people in my life that I've, I've wished had a, had a um, had that had yeah uh, got, no it's not taken so but gone and gone and got themselves antidepressants because yeah, um, yeah of course they they ended up hurting themselves and and you know maybe pressing pause on those emotions for a bit would have prevented that from happening and um but yeah back to to psychedelics because Renee's sitting here yeah. selling antidepressants <laughs> and that's not necessarily my uh, my MO really but um, yeah but my, my own individual perspective. When I was like very uh, manipulatively depressed and I had to go on the pills myself, the pills for me paused emotion, like it made me feel even more psychotic. Like I couldn't, I felt numb, like a zombie. Like, uh, yeah. like no emotions, no nothing. I couldn't think properly. I literally felt like I was on a trip. My eyeballs would go dilated, shit would go vivid around. Right. And I had more suicidal tendencies. But with like the mushrooms, it kind of not only put a pause, no, it didn't. It didn't pause the emotions. It kind of like brought in a teacher or like a few close family friends that you've never had that connection with before, that you've never met, and they're like caring and loving, and it's kind of like, okay, Billy, so let's have a look at your timeline, go through your lifeline. So they explain the these doors. Let's see what this is and this is and this is, and it's like having a council of Greek philosophers uh, yeah. going into different aspects and doors of portals within your yeah. life. Wow. That's what that's, that's what they were like amazing. to me. Amazing. But yeah. I don't feel like the, the, the man made yeah. medicine mm. did that for me. It kind of just made it worse, I guess. 
I, I, yeah, because it's something that got us into a lot. Yeah. I remember, like, when I was on the antidepressants, someone uh, stole my bike, <laughs> and yeah. normally I'd be devastated, and I'd be angry, and I'd be crying, and oh, and, and like, I didn't feel anything. I said, oh, so that's happened. And that felt incredibly bizarre. I was aware that that wasn't right. like a psychopath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It was. I was like, it, 